So I'm with Connie or Constance from Bridge and Tunnel in Umber, Germany, and they do upcycling of denim, which is amazing. They do a lot of cool patchwork pillows and interwoven rugs in the past. They have bucket hats that are made of velvet, and then they have also beach bags. Some really cool things, guys. You have to check it out. But I'm I'm sitting here across from her right now after eight hours of being on the plane. Constance, Connie, can I call you that? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get Makes involved? Makes me feel much younger. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get involved in this whole world? Yeah, that's a good question. It's not that one morning I woke up uh, and told my friend Lotte, let's do an upcycling brand. The place we're in right now um, has been a, a co-working, a textile co-working space before. And we used to rent out sewing machines and you could do your own patterns here. And uh, this was like eight years ago. And then someone told us that there's a German-Turkish sewing club who met in a mosque once a week to sew there. And we said, oh, wow, we have all the equipment here. Why don't they just do their sewing club in our textile co-working space? And this was the beginning uh, of our label and the journey with upcycling because the, the sewing club then had their meetings in the co-working space and we were standing in between. And we were thinking, this is unbelievable. They can, they all know how to sew so well, but they all have the time. Most of the women had been in Germany for at least 20 years, but they never had a proper job. That's so they knew how to sew, but they also had the time to come to the sewing club Wednesday mornings. So we were like, how can this be? How can you be so talented? But the system does not recognize your talent because you don't have a paper. And if you don't have a paper in Germany, you don't have the talent. Why? <laughs> so we said, why don't we just transform the co-working space into a production site where these people who know how to sew, but yeah, can show their talent. And we had been experimenting with upcycling before because the place we're in, there's also, um, I don't know how to say in English, a place where you can bring all your old clothes. And we saw lots of... Like a Salvation Army or a charity. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. give, like and, we, and we saw so many cars driving uh, on this place with so many denims day by day. And then we thought, okay, there has to be something with denim. This planet has so much stuff. Why not combine an own local production where we show people, where we show people's talent with um, a second chance for textiles? And that's pretty much the idea why we love second chances for people and for denims. <laughs> wow. That's... That was a long answer. No, that's a great answer. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. But the cool thing is one time I think I was in an I-Pace, which is a big word for a Jaguar um, vehicle. That's the new electric vehicle. It had denim interior. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And it made sense because I'm sure they used some upcycling or some used products that were laying around in somebody's textile. So it's smart to do that. But most people you know, in America, we're just getting on board with that. You know, we call it vintage or... Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of mix and match things. But now people are using materials that are just sitting around, laying around from textiles. Like what you said, you were saying in the past, you guys have gotten some sponsorships or some connections with Levi's, right? Yes. And some other brands. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think upcycling is becoming bigger and bigger in Germany too. When I, when we started and told people that we would go with the upcycling technique because we only work from leftover textiles. Uh, I remember that some people were like, oh, isn't that a bit too, like, too small? Can you really do designs out of it? Isn't that something, a technique you do at home because you have some leftovers and you do, I know you have a big shirt and you do a small shirt out of it. So like a technique that, that didn't really sound like that it could be fashionable. And so we said, no, we really, really believe that 
Upcycling is more than just a hobby for people who like uh, DIY techniques. And Lotte, who does the design um, from the two of us, came up with so many nice ideas how to combine the 50 shades of blue because we're mostly working from blue denims. Um, and over the years, we we realized that, I mean, we, we're sort of a denim addicts. <laughs> we stick with the material, although we thought maybe we could change the material every year. But somehow there's so much denim on this planet that we really yeah, made ourselves a name as a denim upcycling brand. As we had been doing it for a while, we also... I somehow got in contact with Levi's and other big players who also like on the, on the denim path. But we also met uh, other big companies who were willing to think differently about their leftovers. And so we do lots of B2B upcycling for partners who are transparent enough uh, to say that they have leftovers because that's right. a big problem of the fashion industry. There's too much of everything. So first of all, people or partners have to admit that there is something they did not sell or that that was made wrong or they have lots of samples from the stores where other stores um, buy, their, buy their stuff. And when we have this commitment, we can do some really, really nice designs out of, um, yeah, leftovers. I really like it. Nice. Yeah. That's a really great idea. So what are some of the things you guys are working on now? I know right now I'm wearing this. You guys can't see it, but you will see it when I post it on the podcast article. But um, It looks so good. Yeah, we have this. So tell us about this because I'm seeing I'm wearing a jacket. Or like a jacket with a zipper, the zipper jacket with no hoodie, but um, it has like some sleeves that look like a some kind of leftover material used in a sweatshirt, um, similar type to a I guess yeah, just a little a cozy sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And then um, she they, instead of doing patchwork, they're doing some V like a V shape like pattern. We with, did it just for you, so right for long. <laughs> But it makes sense because patchwork is very extensive. It takes a lot of yes. time because yes. you have to patch it together, each little piece, and then you have to, you know, form it into something with a pattern for the jacket. I'm sure as a seamstress or a sewer. Um, but you can is, also do it more artistically, but then it it's very hard to sell because yeah. if it if it's, a jacket takes ten hours, I don't know how many people will pay two thousand euro for a jacket. Why? But if you come up with a design that takes the shape, of the leg of the denims to be put into the design, you can save time and then make better prices, of course. Nice. Because so, that's the like the, the challenge we face every day because we don't we have to compete with conventional brands and we want to to show that upcycling is so pretty, it's so sustainable, but it also I think it's better if you can come up with a price that people can buy as if doing it too in a too artsy way. I love arts, but then it's a different thing. Right, yeah. and then this pattern is in a V shape. Which yeah, they have multiple different, you know, various colors. So I know towards my neckline, there's like a, a dark black denim. Then there's a graphite or dark gray denim, mm. and then there's a lighter gray denim towards here where I can put my hands in my pocket, <laughs> kind of. So this is kind of cool. What's the price point on this normally? This is one hundred sixty. Oh, okay, it's okay. This is pretty reasonable. Yeah. For this, I mean, you get a really cool jacket. Yeah. Very good patchwork. Nice sleeves, and I feel comfortable. And it's unisex, so the one I have is extra large, and they look kind of they look cool when you wear them a little boxy or a little baggier. Anyway, with the tighter, I'm wearing some joggers today. Normal, I wear more of a fitted jogger with it, or more or a tighter jean with the yeah. spandex in it to make more attention go to the, the jacket. And we're doing it uh, until extra extra large, and we're now even gonna go bigger right. because for us being a sustainable brand. I think it's also very important to care about size inclusion. And we did the same because people, you can't see me too, but I'm wearing the same 
jacket as worn just in velvet. Uh -oh. It's a very nice brown jacket. It was a price color. point. <laughs> well, you sold out of those. Yes, I know. But what I wanted to tell you is that when we, because we sourced some leftover velvet and the material was limited. And then we said, okay, we're going to produce the jacket on demand. So people had the choice if they either want an extra small or extra, extra large. And I found it really, really nice because lots of people ordered very big sizes. And I think that's really cool because there are not many brands, also among the sustainable brands, who offer fancy, nice, lovable stuff for people who just are not a medium or large. But that's reality. We also need bigger sizes within the fashion industry because that's also part of yeah, being inclusive and working sustainably. And especially if you have limited resources like we Did we just, yeah, did it on demand. I really liked it. Also that it's, that so many people ordered the biggest size. And it's fashion for, you know, I'm sure you heard about all the drama with the Balenciaga yeah. campaign, but before that Balenciaga campaign was dropped with the kids, we also saw the uh, Balenciaga and Adidas collaboration. And Bella Hadid, she had yeah. an oversized jacket, similar type to this. It looks cooler because everything's going retro to like the 90s and 80s and rap stuff. You know, El Cujan and, you know, and everybody's wearing the oversized jumpers. So it's kind of cool. But do you know that Bella Hadid just wore some bridge and tunnel pieces? I'm sure she did because I, when I put it on, I was like, this is very like Bella Hadid. <laughs> well, not, not to, to explain it right, but we have a cooperation with About You. It's also a big yeah, international but German-based fashion brand. And they, have a, they did a collaboration with Bella Hadid. I don't know how many pieces were in the collaboration, but there were also four denim upcycling pieces in the corporation and we produced three out of it and there are some pictures where bella wears the designs it's not bridge and tiny pieces because it's the label from about you right but we produced it and we were so proud of this it is, and I we mean, did a very nice tie and nice. a very nice skirt and we were uh yeah almost dying from heart attacks here uh when we saw the pictures you can google it bella hadid and denim upcycling you'll find it it's in her collection it's bella hadid Uh, X about you. That's nice. That's cool. It and, was so crazy. And then I noticed when we walked around your place, she has aprons, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so if you're cooking in the kitchen and you want to be cute for your mate, you can have your apron on, make some eggs and bacon. So yeah. that's kind of cool. And that the, the patchwork on that was nice. And then they have some pens that have a little bit of um, you know accents with denim mm -hmm. overlay. And then what else? I noticed a, a massive piece, almost like a quilt inside. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be a quilt? It's a plate to oh. put on your bed. Oh, you mean wow. the one that's yeah, on it's the like a duvet, yeah. we call it a duvet cover. Ah, okay. Or a cover or quilt. You said plate. Yeah. Wow. And how much would something like that normally cost? This is 700 euro, but yes. it takes like a whole day to sew it. And uh, we need 22 jeans to produce it. Wow. Yeah. So there are lots of resources in it. Time and <laughs> it's beautiful i'm gonna have a picture of it available on the uh, piece that we do for you guys so we can really get into it but yeah it's a really beautiful piece and i love the construction of it it's very um it feels very durable mm -hmm. you're gonna have it for generations yes. that's the whole part of, whole point of upcycling is that you can you can have it for generations you you know give it down you know every 10 years give it to somebody else give it to your kids going to college People don't really understand that. Like, you know, you do pay a little bit more for upcycling. That's the whole point of it is that we're using materials from things we no longer use. And we're going to reuse yeah. them for things we're going to have and we love to yeah. wear. And, yeah. and I really like the idea that when you calculate the cost per wear, do you know that formula? No, that I haven't. It's so cool, I think. Like, because fair fashion or upcycling fashion is a bit more expensive. Yes. But I, I like to say it's not too expensive, but fast fashion is just too cheap. It's more like the real price. 
Why? We're showing. Tin, tin. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you buy something, if you buy upcycling piece, I mean, you have to fall in love with it. And if you fall in love with, with a piece, I think you wear it much more often as some things you just bought because it was Black Week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you then have a favorite piece and you uh, write down how many times you wear it and then take the amount of money you paid for it and calculate it with the times you wear it, it will be much cheaper then cheap things you buy and only wear three times. So it's, co- so it's cost per wear. Cost per wear. So you have to tell me in one year how many times you wore the worried, denim jacket like, and I'm, then we can find out how much I'm the like, cost per wear is. Five times this week. Because <laughs> I've, I've been in Germany for about 10 days. So I'm, re- well, this will be like, this is what, day two. So I'll be here to the 12th. So I'm going to wear this five times. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? Five times plus 160 with tax, euro, plus 180 in American. <laughs> That's cool. So what else are some of the other things you guys are working on that we should know about? Because I know you guys do pillows for home goods. Um, you used to do these rugs. Are you guys going to venture into other things? That Oh, you have some mitts in there for your hands. You had some little coin purses. Mm-hmm. What are some other accessories? We, we experimented with linen this summer too nice. because we could rescue some linen before it, it was meant to be thrown away. So we did some very nice linen bags. We did a kimono. As we are a slow fashion label, we wanted to come up with a kimono uh, jacket in summer, but there was so much to do that we were very, very slow. <laughs> that's, right. that's why we launched the kimono in October. But uh, right now it's quite cold in Germany. No one wears a kimono, but we're gonna, we will relaunch it, I think, when there's Eastern time because it's a very nice piece. It's also size inclusive. We're gonna, we're even gonna do the kimono in 3X large. How do you say that in English? I don't know. Extra, yeah, extra, extra XL, large. So like 3XL. really big. I really like the idea. We did a little, a linen a thing to put your jewelry in. Nice. Oh, yeah, nice. you show that. Yeah. Uh, to, to carry your rings and yeah, your, your necklaces with you. Nice. So we always, I think, when we talk about the design process as an upcycling brand, everything is upside down. When Lotte does the design, um, it's never that she's like, okay, let's do a very nice denim jacket and then we're going to source the textile. We always have the textile first, like the linen we got or the denims we have. And then she has to think, okay, how can we can we um, turn the the existing textiles into a nice design? Yeah, so you, because usually designers think of a nice jacket and then they said, oh, it would look so cool in velvet. Let's just buy velvet. But we always just only always take textiles that are already on the market and then the second thing we do is to think about how it could look like in a new shape what kind of design it could be and that's why we can't do some things sometimes people ask why why we're not doing pants and we're like we're doing lots of things with denim but the only thing we're not doing is (laughs) jeans out of jeans so we always try to come up with nice ideas that fit with the material and denim is very durable has some very nice bluish colors so i think it's very nice to have it as pillows uh, for the interior place, we do lots of accessories like weekenders. We used to do backpacks. We have a sailor bag. We have lots of fanny packs. We sell very well because the material is so durable and you can just use it on an everyday basis and it can be a companion for a long time. That's what I understand slow fashion is that you, that we come up with functional pieces you can fall in love with, but which can stay with you for a long time. And they look really good as they wear. 
Yeah. And sometimes you can get a dry clean, but some of the denim looks better as it gets older yes. and you just dress and yeah. you know, and when the sun penetrates the color, it looks better sometimes yeah. being worn. Yeah. Do you guys? I was thinking when I walked in and I saw the wallpaper or some of the <laughs> the wall art. I thought it was denim. I was like, I would love because for me, I'm I'm, a, I'm eclectic. I would love to be. I would love like a. I guess for one of my my accent wall in my place, my flat in in America to have like a denim wall mm -hmm. where you wouldn't have to put any lining on it, but just like you can put on the other side be some some kind of adhesive. Mm -hmm. Are you guys doing anything cool like that in the, in the interior, <laughs> like in the, in the future, near future? Yeah, we, we were thinking of doing some wall hangings maybe oh, nice. next year because I imagine it to be very. Oh very yeah, you said that, and you yeah. have some that we're gonna see, right? So we can but, take the wall hangings. Can we see some today? No, it's just in our heads. So oh, far. your heads, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna put it for for the wall hangings? Are they gonna be like tapestry? Are they gonna be tacked on the wall or they gonna be framed? I think it's gonna be framed. Okay. Yeah, but right. I think it could look very, very nice. We have some ideas and well, we did not have the time to start with it, but are we gonna do it next year? I think that's gonna be nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then can you tell us, I know we forgot to ask you earlier, but how did you get into fashion? Did you go to school for um, textiles? Can you really elaborate on some of your background? Yeah, well, I'm not a textile designer. I'm a cultural scientist. And, yeah, but Lotte, my co-founder, she's a textile designer. And when we started the co-working space, did the concept for the co-working space, because I used to work in urban planning before, and I was in charge of uh, creative places like this. And because Wilhelmsburg, the place we're in, he has a very special place in Hamburg. It's lots of people uh, used to travel through Wilhelmsburg. Not many people step off the bus like you did. What? <laughs> Walk well, I walked here, here actually. Because it's, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a place that has been neglected a very, very long time in the city. It's a very, very international population here. There are many, many people who have some amazing craftsmanships, but they don't have the papers, so they can't work in the job. And to when we came up with a textile co-working space here at this place, we were always hoping for a coincidence. Do you say that? Coincidence? Yes. Like the one with the Turkish sewing club in the mosque? Right. That like was, like like it was a, meant to be. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah, that's like, that was magic. Happening. Synergy. Yeah. I never thought I would end up as a textile entrepreneur and being a cultural scientist, but that's what happened. But I could not do it, of course, with Lotte. She's the other the other half of my brain. <laughs> Why? Where's Lotte? <laughs> she does not have time today Aww. because of she has private meetings. I know, which yeah, it's Sunday. I noticed Sunday, that. Yeah. See, in America, we have Sunday fun day. I'm sure everybody knows. So we always have drinks. And we always have hangovers. Yeah. We, have, we, we go to buffets and get big breakfasts. So it's like <laughs> yeah. for us, it's a, it's, a, it's a day to remember. Yeah. Also, Fritz. But, but we have a very, very good team. and uh, very, we, very great team. Very I, multicultural team. Yeah. Very diverse. People from Africa, India. From all over the world, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah. Different religious backgrounds. And oh, you wanted to talk about Fritz, Lotus Dog. And Fritz. He always has his own picture here. Fritz is super cute. <laughs> he looks cute. What is he? Like a little a terrier? Yeah, yeah. she rescued, Lotte rescued him. Oh. So I don't, I don't know his real history, but he's very cute. He's very tiny, very fast. And so the compound we're in right now, where it has a, it has various, it's like, what do you call this area? Like, I think in America we would call it like a co working space. Like mm -hmm. a co-work space because there's so many yeah, different different many companies. companies. Yeah. Do you guys in this co-work, this I guess the compound as well? Because how many floors is here? Three or four? Three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they're next to a port or like a little river. Yeah, yeah. the river. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really nice, and we're in a live work uh, version of yeah. it. And so there's there's a lot of companies in here. Do you do you guys co-mingle with one another? The different companies and talk. Yeah, like the the one place that collects textiles, we still collaborate with them. And uh, there's so, there are just so many nice nice people uh, in this place. 
Uh, we don't have cooperations with all of them um, because not, they're not all in textiles. But there's a very good coffee place here. We sometimes buy coffee. Nice. <laughs> if that helps you. Nice. And also, have you guys been doing anything in the philanthropic or community service area? Do you guys um, during the holidays? Do you guys do anything for the community or your support or your area around you? Well, we we are a social business, and all our social effort goes goes into our team members. It's very um, rare to have a local production in Germany due to globalization in the last 20, 25 years. All companies started to produce in, in the global south. I'm very proud that we do it differently, that we set up our own production team here in our workspace. Uh, but lots of all of the people who work here have um, social disadvantages, we like to say why they could not find a job on the first labor market. We do lots of things to help them to be part of the system. So we translate papers from the financial department, I think, on a daily basis. <laughs> we help to find new flats. We help to um, translate papers from school. Or Yeah, we really like a family company. And I think it's very important for them to, to have uh, our back for these things, because if you're not a native speaker, and you get uh, letters from the financial department in Germany, uh, you feel like you have to die. I, it's even hard for me. And I'm a native German speaker to understand the text. And I think you have to, if you have all this burden on your shoulders that you can't understand the system totally, how do you want to work? How do you want to perform well? You need someone who helps you with this shit. <laughs> Why, yeah. That's what we're doing. So lots of our energy goes into our team to to show them that they're a very very great part of this uh, community so yeah it's, everything is yeah focused on them <laughs> nice yeah is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on before before we guess, wrap things up yeah no it's so nice you're wearing our jacket <laughs> you're looking fabulous in it do i know you <laughs> <laughs> i just like i just like if people yeah feel interest to dive uh, in our yeah, and our love for upcycling and to see resources in a different way, to not um, see them as trash, but as real resources. You can create really, really cool things out of it. And all of our pieces uh, were an autograph on the care label who, who sued it, who sued it, what do you say, who produced yes, it. Produced. So I really, really just love the combination of yeah second chances for people or show the people behind the clothes we all wear because it's mainly about designers and uh, not about the people who produce it. And we really like to change that. And be sure to check them out on Instagram at Bridge and Tunnel, just like the one word, B-R-I-D-G-E-A-N-D-T-U-N-N-E-L dot D-A, D-E for that's Germany extension. So great. I guess that's it for today, guys. Wow, I survived with my English. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs>